Praise God. Praise God. Uh, you know, I've been around a lot of friends here lately and a lot of uh, uh, folks that um, I've known for several years and talked to them on the phone, saw them personally. And um, <clears throat> they say they're running on empty with everything going on in their lives and, and in their ministry. And I, it's just not them, but in these, all these years, I know so many Christians, uh, faithful Christians, who would say that their life just isn't what it used to be, especially when they first found Christ in their life, you know, how great that was and how exciting that was and what a privilege it was. And then life goes on, and all of a sudden things change. And, and it's not the same as what they remember. Today our, our walk with Christ is sort of lack, lackadaisical. It's, it's about going through the motions sometimes. Um, I feel like we're running on empty just an awful lot of the time. Even though we know God is with us and God has not left us and we claim that promise and understand it, um, there are many of us today, many people uh, in our walk with Christ who feel like they're running on empty, just going through the motions. And as I thought about that, when I went back to 1967, I, I had a 1963 Chevy Bel Air. Anybody remember that 67 or 63? Do you remember with the cat, cat eyes on the back and the great big fins? It was a boat. Had a, uh, what was it, a 381 in it? Is that what it was? On a four-speed on the floor, hearse four-speed, you know, and the right mufflers and everything. Got about 12 miles to a gallon of gas. And I would run that thing around Manfield's Lake, you know, with a dollar's worth of gas in it. Because that's all I had was a dollar. But then, back then, you knew you could buy three gallons for a dollar. It was 35 cents a gallon, you know. So, so it was pretty cool. And I would run that thing and run that thing. And there was one gas station, service station it was, you know, where it did everything, took care of your car. My friend ran it, and an older guy. And, uh, and, uh. I would go there to Manfels, Ohio. You remember that station? Anybody in Ohio? I would go there and get a dollar's worth of gas. And then after a while, my car, I would take it away from his place and it wouldn't start. So I'd fool around with it and finally it'd start up, you know, and everything. And I took it back to him a couple of times and, and, uh, and he said to me, he said, um, how much gas do you put in that? And I said, well, I run it on a dollar. It's never above empty. You know? <laughs> and he said, well, you've got to quit doing that. You're, this old car's got sludge in the bottom of that gas tank, and it's sucking up into your, your carburetor, and he's t all he did was take the gas filter off. That little glass thing out there by the carburetor, you know? He'd take that off, clean out, and it'd run for a week or two. And I said, geez. He said to me, he says, you should at least keep it at half empty. And Phyllis continues to harp on me to this day that we need, need to keep it half empty. Don't let it get below a quarter of a tank. Uh, okay. <laughs> but we're always on empty. <laughs> well, I, I looked at him and I said, I said, geez, do they even sell that much gas at one time? And where do you get $5 to fill your tank up half full? 
I said, I'll have to do some more searching around. Some more by your leave, you know. (laughs) I want to share with you that simple thought that's exactly how we sometimes feel, isn't it? When the sludge is getting in our carburetors and and uh, we're, we're, it's like we're not where God wants us to be and, and we're always broke down, it seems like today. It not only works with our, 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 our personal life, but I think uh, it's, it's how it works also with our, our marriages and our jobs and our place in church. We run on empty in all of those relationships and have such a difficult time and I want, I want, as I have figured out, I want us to know uh, that, and I want you to know that God doesn't want us running on empty. Amen? God doesn't want us running on empty at all. He wants us to renew ourselves and be constant in our faith and have a tank that's always half full or three-quarters full. Or, you know, um, um, Sandy and, um, and Sue are going to come back with a full tank today. You know what I mean? We should leave this place today with a full tank. Where every time you get together and you're, you're um, with family and friends and in a community worshiping, worshiping God, you should be filled up by the time you leave. How do you do that? Well, I think it's uh, the principle of renewal in our lives every day. It's our duty. I think it's our duty to, be, to stay steadfast. Um, uh, the scripture that we're going to read today is from Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19 through 20 time, 22. Let's, re- let's read that, okay? It goes like this. This is from the message. And so, friends, we can now, without hesitation, walk right up to God into that holy place. Jesus has cleared the way by the blood of his sacrifice, acting as our priest before God. The curtain into God's presence is his body. So let's do it, full of belief, confident that we're presentable inside and out. This, my friends, is the word of God for all people. Thanks be to God. Now let me read that to you in in the Holman Christian Standard Version which I like immensely. I love that, the message, but you need to hear it in a, a regular translation too. Therefore, brothers... Since we have confidence to enter this holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open for us through the curtain that is his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, you have to, you have to read the first nine chapters of Hebrews to understand what the Hebrew writer is saying here, that Christ is superior to everything else that's going on in the world. That's who we can have a, uh, walk in and, and visit. Then in verse 22, it says this. Let us draw near. Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Boy, Lord, just add your blessing to the reading of your word today. The key phrase that we're going to look at all month the key phrase that we're going to look at every Sunday in August is let us. Today, let us is let us draw near to God. And I think that's the key to renewal. I think it's the key to our duty of, as Christians 
the writer tells us that we need to draw near because God has done everything he can do for us to be able to do that. God has done his part. He's already done all he can possibly do. You can't make him love you anymore. You can't make him not love you anymore. Uh, he is there and he has done it and his, he wants us to be in that relationship, that right relationship with him. And he has done everything it is he can do. And the Hebrew writer says, then it's up to us. The ball is in our court. Let us draw near to God. You see that? Let us. And, and sometimes if you're reading God's word, especially in Hebrews, it seems kind of uh, strange. And, and what are they talking about? Because it, it, it doesn't talk about things we're familiar with. We're not having a problem um, uh, knowing that God has done everything he can do for us. But what, he is tell, what the Hebrew writer he or she is telling us is that when Jesus Christ died on the cross, he paid the price of your sin once for all. Now, think about that. That's your past sins, your present sins, and the sins I'm going to do tomorrow, and the day after tomorrow, and the day after. He's paid it all. His sacrifice became that, that lamb that was per, that sacrificial, that he gave was that perfect lamb, and, and because of that blood that he said, our sins are are done. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. That's the song we're going to sing later. <laughs> Sin had left a crimson stain. A crimson stain. But he washed us white as snow. My goodness. Um, that's the foundation of our spiritual life. Jesus Christ through his death on the cross paved the way for you and I to have a right relationship. The curtain has been torn. He is that curtain. And, and this morning and every day we should hear this. Being right with God. Understand this. Being right with God is not something that you and I earn or deserve. We can't work for it. We can't accomplish anything that would help us get into that relation, re relationship. It doesn't matter. It is and always will be something that you and I have to accept and receive to be able to come into Christ and that uh, into that throne room without any problems. The Hebrew writer must be talking about us today. But I'm, far, I'm, I'm thinking that she, uh, the Hebrew writer, I always want to call her she because I think it's a woman who wrote this. Um, but in the early, early 2,000 years ago, in that first century of the church, People were running on empty because they were having struggles like we are having struggles today. They were having the same struggles, and then someone would come and say to them, don't worry about it. There's another way. You can do this. You can do that. You can keep the laws. Back then, you can keep the laws and still be a, a, a Christian. All you have to do is live up to the laws. You know, get circumcised, do this, do that. It's, what, it's like us today. When we first have Christ in our life, things are great. But then things sort of get lazy, and, and all of a sudden God's on the other side of the chair, and we're way far away from him. And, and we want to change thing, things in our lives and make um, our thoughts 
be the right thoughts. Our accomplishments being the things that should be the right things. Because we're separated from God, we're running on empty, and we need a different way to go, and we find ourselves away from God. And the Hebrew writer says, let us always draw near to God. It wasn't a different uh, situation than anything else. You know, if you look at the, uh, Galatians chapter 1, Paul says to the, to the Galatians, I'm astonished that you so quickly are deserting the one who called you by the grace of Christ. Now listen to this. And are turning to a different gospel of works. Did you all get that? 2,000 years ago, we were doing the same thing. That It's what we do that gets us right with God. You know, whether we do this or do that. Um, later on in that same, just a couple pages over in Galatians chapter 3, he says, you foolish, you foolish Galatians. They could say that to us today, couldn't he? You foolish church. Who has bewitched you? Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the Spirit by observing the law or what you thought was important or believing on what you heard about Christ? Are you so foolish after being with the Spirit? Are you now trying to obtain your own goal by human effort? Sounds like us today, isn't it? Our life, my friends, is not based on anything that we can do. It's based on what Christ has done. Amen? You all with me on that? I'm going to push that, I guess, today in the next three weeks. Um, it's the foundation of our truth. Our relationship with Christ, with God, is nothing, nowhere except through Jesus Christ. He is the one. My hope is built on nothing, nothing less than Jesus' blood and his righteousness. Amen? There's no other place to begin. If you're running on empty all the time and your spiritual life is all sludged up, it could be because we've tried to unintentionally, I think, and sometimes intentionally, change the terms and the conditions of our covenant with God and not through Christ. God has done all he possibly can. He's bridged the gap between you and I, between my holiness and my sin, through the blood of Christ. He's done that. The rest of it is up to us. He's asking us to take the next step. He's asking us, telling us the ball is in our court. The Hebrew writer said to us, let us draw near to God. It's that important. Let us draw near to God. Now, if you don't hear anything and you want to write something down and you want to put this on your heart, what I'm talking about today is that you are as close to God today are you ready for this? You are as close to God today as you want to be. Amen? That's what the Hebrew writer is saying to us. The Hebrew writer is saying to us, without, any, without mixing any words, let us draw nigh to God. It's in our boat. God has done everything he can do. He has... He has <laughs> He has given up everything for us to be in that relationship. And now he says, it's up to you. It's up to you. Let us draw nigh. We are as close to God today. We are as close to God tomorrow and the day after that as we want to be. And I'm sorry to say some of us don't want to be too close. 
Amen? That's a tough statement, but some of us don't want to change. We, don't, we love where we're at. We love our relationship with God because it fits my needs. And it's easy. <laughs> think about that. We just need to think about that statement. For a long time as a, not a young Christian, but 20 or 30 years ago, I thought the way to get close to God was preach a better sermon. (laughs) I had a chance to get a doctorate, and I thought that might get me closer to God. (laughs) All I needed was 30,000. Could have had a doctorate, you know. I've taken all the classes. What they told me is I've taken all the classes at um, Ashland University, have a doctorate, and just give us 30,000, we'll give you a paper. I said, okay. I thought maybe if I read more books of God's word and really digested them, that would get me closer to him. I thought that if I did more mission work, my life was revolved around mission work. Phyllis Ann and I, she, she would get me there and get me home. I thought if I would just have a little bit better days with God, things would go better. And then maybe, maybe if I accomplished all those things and did more than that even, maybe then I would be really close to God. And I'm going to tell you, friends, that's the silliest thing in the world. They're great things, aren't they? the desire to share God's word a little bit better, to touch somebody's life and change their life, letting God do that for it with me and through me. Those are good things. But I want you to understand something this morning. No matter what you're doing, all those good deeds that we do, um, and the ones that I've just mentioned a few, are, are simply destinations on our journey. They're destinations on our journey. They're not the fuel that drives our engine our faith. Amen? Those are just things that we're doing because of what God has done for us. When we try to use our good works to, to work for fuel for our spiritual life, we're, we're messed up. We find ourselves running on empty because the real fuel in our Christian life is found here in verse 22. Let us draw near to God. That's the fuel. It's the high test. In his presence, we are renewed and revived. Well, I could go on with that, but let me share a couple of thoughts with you this morning of how we do that. Um, since we know that the door is always open, um, that we can always draw near to him whenever we want. We can draw close to God as, as we want to. How do we do that? Well, this Hebrew writer tells us in this verse. The first thing she says to us is this. We need to be sincere in our motives. We need to be sincere as we can be. Listen to it. Let us draw near with a sincere heart. With a sincere heart. I admit that that challenges me an awful lot sometimes. uh, Because I ask myself... Am I seeking um, 
a closer walk with God or am I seeking a more successful ministry where people can look and say, oh, look, he must be doing something good. Hmm? Hmm? Do I want more of God or do I just go there because I want more of his blessings? <laughs> a lot of us are like that. Do I want to really experience the presence of God or am I here just because I have a terrible problem that I can't handle and I, I need to lay it down at somebody's feet? Hmm. Those are things I think that we ought to do, but we ought to do them with a sincere heart, drawing close to God with sincerity in our heart and motivating, uh, the motivation being, if I get there, if I get there and I'm there with him, I know all these things that I'm talking about he'll take care of, but it's because I want more of him, not more of what he can do for me. Amen? You all with me on that one? That's hard, hard isn't it? Because most of us go, you know, you know like, just like our kids. Uh, grandparents, you know, your kids and your grandchildren, you're, you're, we, we know about your kids. You, when do they come? When do they come and want to be really cozy and, and, um, and, um, and fun with us, huh? When they need a little money. <laughs> and Claire Friday night again came to me and she said, Dad, Grandpa, let's go for a ride. Don't forget your wallet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then she had two friends with her. The crowd is growing. Some wives might tell you the only time her husband pays any attention to her is when he needs something. Amen? And some, wives, and some husbands might say the same thing. We have, to, we have to come to God with a sincere heart. I hope you hear him say that. Come with a sincere heart. Make sure your motives are right while you're coming. Let us draw near to God for the right reason. Then there's a second one, too. If you listen to this scripture really close, it says, be serious about your holiness. Now think about this. The writer of Hebrews says to us, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from the guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. She's, she's talking nothing but about holiness, of being in God's presence so much that our holiness is what he sees and what he knows and what he, what he understands. We need to to be serious, not only about our heart, but about our holiness. Because if you look down just a couple of verses in verse 26, it says, if we deliberately keep on sinning, in other words, our holiness is lacking. If we keep on sinning after we have received the knowledge of truth, there's no sacrifice for our sin left. Now, I don't know about you, but the first time I read that, it was, I was a young Christian, and I thought, oh, Jesus, writer's talking to me. Here I am being this Christian, but I'm still sinning, and sometimes I do it on purpose. And now, 51 years later, I'm still doing the same stupid stuff. You know, and this scripture's about me. But I don't think she's called, telling us that we can't be forgiven. I think what she's telling us is don't blow it. Don't let go. Don't fall away. Don't give up on being good. 
All of our lives, every day we should get up and say, okay, I'm going to try. I do this. I've told you this before, but I'll tell you again. Jerry here? Okay, then he won't mind. Well, Paul. Uh, <laughs> I've told you this before, but I, every morning I have this little get-together with God, and I tell him, you know, I said, well, I'm doing pretty good so far. I haven't made anybody mad at me. I haven't done anything stupid. You with me, Steve? But as soon as I get out of this bed, I'm going to need all the help you can give me. That's the way it is. We need to take our holiness. We need to understand that our holiness, she is saying, don't give up on trying to be good. We're not going to make it. You might as well know, you're going to mess up. We're going to mess up. But our holiness is important. um, That we need to always remember, no matter what happens, um, and I think about this, some of us even think that our holiness gets us closer to God. It doesn't. It doesn't. All I'm trying to do is listen to God say to me through his son, Jesus Christ, if you want to be great, then be like me. And I'm trying to be that reflection of Jesus Christ. Boy, do I mess up. But in this holiness, there's no holiness that we do that gets us into that better relationship with God. It's just the result of God opening up the door and the Hebrew writer saying to us, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart, with a holiness that can't be blamed on anything but us. Don't give up. Don't quit. Find that acceptance. Not, it's not based on, on how holy we are or anything like that. It's all because we're drawing near to God because his son paid it all. His son paid it all. When we're talking about holiness, especially in our world today, we're talking about, am I really serious about walking this walk with Jesus Christ? Am I serious so much that all my talk is about talking about this? About living the life of a Christian to the best of my ability. I'm going to say this, and it's going to sound bad, but I'm going to say this. We either do that, or just like the first century Christians, or the past 2,000 years, we become religious. Amen? Did you get that? Religious says you don't worry about the Bible, you just worry about the discipline. Oh, Lord, forgive me. That's a bad statement I just made in case you don't know that. What this Hebrew writer is saying to us, to be serious, we need to be serious about our holiness, and it comes from God's word, not what we do. Let us draw near to God. All right. There's so many more scriptures I want to give you this morning. But I'll I'll end with this one. And and James says the same thing that the Hebrew writer says. The book of James says we need to draw near to God in in, uh, chapter 4, verse 7. And all James is doing is saying what the Hebrew writer is saying. The ball is in our court. You can be as close to God as you want to be. But it's up to you. God has done everything. If you're running on empty today, I want you to know God says you don't have to. You just don't have to. Draw near to me with a sincere heart, with a holiness that is focused in on the Son of Christ, the Son of God, Christ. I don't do this too often, but I'm going to do this this morning. Here's what I want you to do every day this week. Every day this week, as much time as you can do it, 
as much time as you can spare in the morning, as much time as you can give that few minutes, even if it's just this one statement. When I say to you, you, can be, you are near, as near to God as you want to be, this statement might help you. If you would get up every morning and, and say, God, nothing else this day. I just want to be closer to you. I want more of you in my life this day. That's the prayer. Holy Father, I want more of you in my life today. Anybody get that? Pray that every day this week and see if you don't get a little bit closer to God. Amen? Simple prayer. Simple prayer. Lord, God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, I want more of you in my life today. And see if that doesn't change things. And see if it doesn't help you to come into his presence with a sincere heart and a a surety of your holiness because of what he has done, not because of what we have done. I'm sorry, I wish I could go on. But that's, I think that's the point. You're as close to God. If you didn't hear it, you're as close to God as you want to be. Did you hear that at home? I hope people that listen in later hear that. You're as close to God as you want to be. He wants you to be a lot closer. Let's pray. So God, we do come before you in these days when we come on Sundays. Because we want to draw closer to you. But help us to understand it's not just today. It's just not in this hour, but it's in every moment of our lives. Let us hear you say to us, let us draw near together. Come with me. Let us hear you say it to us out of the book of Revelation. Open your heart's door. Let me come in. I want to have dinner with you. Lord, help us. Help us to have a closer walk. Not because of what we've done, because of what your son has done and paid it all for us. Thank you, Father, today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Guide us and direct us and help us to pray that prayer every day. God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, Holy Trinity, I want more of you in my life today and then help me to draw near help us to draw near God we pray it in your son's name and for his glory amen amen Amen. well let's try to sing this song that we don't know doggone it